Shh, wait, what is that? I think someone's listening. I think they know we're talking about sex here. Hello listeners of the ASI Podcast, my name is Rush Shaw. This is episode 29 and that sound effect indicates... Today's episode is titled Sex, Secrets, and Security. Gonna break my rusty I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break my. Gonna break my rusty cage and run. Yes, little Johnny Cash and Soundgarden there with Rusty Cage. That's another one of the reasons I do this podcast, because I know what that felt like, right? Your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, someone you love starts going through your phone, they pick it up, and... Right? It feels like that. feels like that sound effect. You get a memo from the boss, hey, uh, we need to come talk to you in the office about some of your web history, or... Something that showed up on your smartphone as an alert, and you're like, Doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like that? Or was it just me? I I get that. I know what that feeling. Alarm bells go off all inside of us, right? And it's living with the tension, the anxiety of those feelings that has some questions that rise up from, from the wreckage of that. But before we get into those questions, I wanted to thank uh, listeners who have been filling out the surveys on the survey page, uh, ASI247.org, by the way, if you'd like to be a part of the next Aching Hunger Reloaded podcast, where I'll be reading surveys by listeners. I even talked to Seth Taylor, and maybe Seth and I may uh, go through some of your surveys on that next Aching Hunger Reloaded podcast. And listen, Seth and I aren't on the same page on everything. We don't agree on everything, of course, and that may be what makes it more fun, right? So yeah, ASI247.org, click on the survey page, and I'd love to see you there. I'm going to ask you questions there more than likely you've never been asked before. And I know that filling out these surveys isn't going to be for everyone. Um, it's getting into some of your sacred space, you know. That is that is your story, and this is some of the intimate parts of your story. Even though you are anonymous on the survey page, all right, we're going to be talking about some of that. Uh, and listen... It's not like you have to fill out all of the surveys. The main survey we're talking about and focusing on is the Sex Struggles and Secrets survey, which goes along kind of with this here podcast I'm doing now uh, on this topic of our, our inner lives. When I get, I don't know, eight, maybe ten uh, surveys. Uh, I'll talk to my buddy Seth, and maybe we'll uh, we'll have a conversation about it. We'll do a podcast on it. What do you think? Eh, eh. Anyway, today's show, 
uh, I'm going to be getting to the roots of, of part of why this thing exists. Uh, I was going to title this episode uh, Confessions in a Digital World, but I chose to go with Sex, Secrets, and Security because those three things, uh, you know, they, they, they are synonymous with what is going on in our inner world, in our inner life, right? The, the parts of us that we don't necessarily expose to the rest of the world. So, uh, again, when it comes to the podcast here, questions it's going to raise today? Number one, is a, a podcast like this one, does it influence and encourage change? Really? Is it primarily for people seeking truth or seeking answers or trying to get some kind of understanding uh, to pull back the veil, so to speak, on a issue like, you know, sexual compulsive behavior, sexual addiction, um, sexual ethics even? Is it plausible that this podcast can affect change. Um, I think it does, and I think it has over the years, but again, it depends on the, the ears of the hearer. Uh, question number two. In an age where it seems like the NSA, uh, your boss, uh, different computer companies out there are listening, watching everything we, we say and do online... Um, is it possible to confess something that, that's going on in your life when it comes to, I think, and, and there's, again, I'm going to talk about on today's show, uh, some very real scientific evidence of how confession is actually good for the soul. But can we do it in this technological age where, again, it seems like uh, it, it's not just you having a conversation with someone like myself, for example. Uh, two guys in the news right now who are having issues uh, around sexual dysfunction, right? Sexual ethics. Uh, Bill O'Reilly and the mayor of Seattle, Washington, Ed Murray. Uh, two guys uh, on opposite sides of the political spectrum, but... Again, dealing with things that may have grown in the dark over the years or unconfessed things or stuff they didn't seek help for or, right? Uh, for those of you who don't know, Mayor Ed Murray was uh, accused of sexual childhood sexual abuse by a man in his 40s who said that uh, when he was 15, he was offered uh, money drugs for sex from the mayor uh, 30 years ago. There was also, a few years ago, two other guys came forward, but they had less evidence. Uh, does this show a pattern with the mayor? Uh, I believe it does. People ask questions like, why does it take so long for these cases to come out? Um, as a guy who's dealt with shame and the understanding of, uh, I didn't, I was sexually abused as a kid. I didn't talk about it till I was 38 years old. 
just because the level of shame of even admitting that that happened to me was it, it, it was diabolical. It was tearing at, at my the fiber of my my heart on the inside. Um, I had to confess it later in order to heal. I don't remember my abuser when I was nine. I was abused a couple of times, sadly. Um, have I gone after the person? I never thought that that was something I needed to do or felt like I needed to do that. And that may be controversial for some of you. Um, but it was 30 years from, you know, confession to when it happened around 30 years, 29 years. There's also the guy said that uh, Mayor Murray had a mole that he could point out on his body, uh, markings on his body. And the way that the court works is that the mayor did not have to go to some examination, but he could be examined by his own doctor. And his own doctor said that he doesn't have the mole, that the witness says he does, and there's all this. And it's like, oh, so do we trust the doctor? Uh, has the mayor had this thing removed? Is there records of that, right? Um, so it's it's a tough case with the mayor of Seattle, and, and I hope that there's... There's healing for the victims, right? For the survivors of this this horrible thing that happened. Um, if it if it happened, and it's you know, people three people don't come forward to accuse someone if there's not something there. Uh, yes, even a, a major a mayor, uh, it just doesn't seem plausible to me that three people would come forward against the same man, all with similar stories of being troubled youth on the streets and the mayor offering uh, offering them money for sex uh, or drugs. And I realize this may be tough to say, but it's also having some love and compassion for Bill O'Reilly and for Mayor Murray. Guilty or not, men who are on a journey and hopefully they learn the lesson they're supposed to learn in this life, right? The intro music to the ASI podcast, Sex, Secrets, and Security. Why did I name it that? When I was uh, fully engulfed in my sexually promiscuous, my sexual addiction, let's use those words, all right? Um, when, when, I, when this thing was, was hot, I was you know, yeah, looking at pornography. Um, I was living a double life. I lived a life of secrets and shadows, all right, as a married man with a family. So in this episode, I wanted to uh, do something a little controversial. I realize this is going to be controversial, but I, I think that for me, stepping out of the shadows was was incremental, all right? And I have encouraged people over the years to, if you've never talked about this with anyone, all right, that's that's one big, huge step for me, was, was just admitting it to somebody. And for me, it was a, a hired uh, counselor, Christian counselor, that I started to unwrap. I liken my recovery in the beginning from sexual addiction, from living a double life, a, a secret life, a, a shadow life, to, so my, my sexual addiction is kind of like this, all right? 
it felt like I was locked in a cell made of glass, right? And, and, and the glass was painted black from the inside, all right? And for a lot of years, I tried to battle this thing on my own, trying to do it by myself, and it felt like I, I was just trying to pound on that glass as hard as I could to get it to break. Just bam, 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 just hitting that glass, hoping that it would break and I would escape from that prison. And the more I pounded on it and the harder it shook, it never did break. But at some point, I realized that there was paint on the glass, all right? And I started to scratch at that paint. And, the, and a splinter of light came through. A splinter of light came through the glass. And that splinter, that little tiny shred of light coming through, it made me thirsty for more. It made me thirsty for more answers, for more healing. It made me curious. And as the rain has started to come down here in the Seattle area, that's what you hear in the background there on my windshield as I am in the car again once today, once again, um, my, my hope is that for some of you, you might start to scratch at that glass too. And I know that people will say, and I've said before, you know, you got to just burst out into the light. you got to you know, set the bomb off, you know, the bomb squad analogy. And yeah, you know, that's the right response. You just rip it off like a band-aid, right? Like I'm supposed to just rip this thing off like a band-aid real quick, just confess it out. And I realize that some of that's dangerous and some of that's very scary. And that's not how I did it. But if I could get just some of you to scratch at the glass, to scratch at the glass a little bit, and that's always how I've seen this podcast. It's sort of like a a conduit to uh, someone else's story being my story and how I was able to work through, as well as guests on the show, authors, uh, people who have written and uh, spoke on, people who have similar stories. You get a glimpse into someone else's story, that affects some heart change. Uh, and... and what if you, like a time machine, what if, uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly got help for his stuff before all this blew up, right? What if Mayor Murray was able to make amends with his uh, victims and work all that out, right? Like, what, what, would that, what would the future look like if these things happened? Uh, and that's what this podcast hopefully encourages some change in the world. Um, if this podcast has affected your life in any way, uh, would you leave a review? Do you like the podcast? What, how would you review the podcast? Again, I'm not a counselor, professional psychotherapist or clergy member or something like that. Uh, I'm just a guy who's been through... Uh, walked through the minefield in, uh, you know, in my own story, and maybe I could point out where some of the mines were in my story, and and that's what this is about. So yeah, if you leave a review of the podcast, I'd certainly appreciate that. So whether you listen on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, uh, Outcast. What's the, what's the name of that new one that's out there? I have to look it up. I can't remember. Yeah, it's Overcast. 
Overcast podcasting uh, is another good one that's out there. Um, whether you, wh- whatever platform you listen, if you could leave a review of this podcast, man, I would certainly appreciate it. And it also helps get the uh, the message out there as it as it rises in rankings based on uh, reviews of the podcast. And hopefully, again, as a listener to this podcast, somewhere in your heart and your soul, you you realize that you have come to the right place. Sometimes you feel like giving up Sometimes you've bled out enough Sometimes you've got to believe in something Cause you're not the only one Standing there losing blood You have come to the right Yes, that is a bumper by the band 6AM from the album Prayers for the Damned, which is very appropriately named. And that song is called You've Come to the Right Place. And hopefully that's what this is, ASI. uh, 247.org, again, is the website. I also wanted to throw out there that um, for those of you who are listening and listen to this podcast for a while... It runs on donations, uh, co-producers, people that give money to this podcast. I rely on donations. Part of it also is that this is an interactive uh, thing that you're listening to. It's not just a podcast, but sort of a social experiment. And the fact that people do give is why it remains rolling down the information superhighway, right? Uh, think of it as putting some gas money in the tank, so to speak, of this podcast. But more than that, you are producing in your being a ripple effect that goes beyond yourself. You're doing something way bigger than yourself, and rather than consuming, it is actually pushing back on some of the, the darkness in, in the world. And Because listen, yeah, what you do in the digital world matters. How you live your life, your day-by-day, 24-hour increments, what you do on there, on the internet even, right? As we talk about security here and, uh, and the black helicopters are <laughs> swarming overhead. <laughs> Maybe you hear that in the background. There's uh, helicopters here now. Uh-oh. Right? Uh, ASI247.org for the uh, Russ, uh, C. Russ Shaw's Legal Defense Fund. <laughs> C. Russ Shaw on Instagram, uh, at Russ Shaw, all one word on Twitter, and the Facebook page, Heart, Mind, Love, Sex, and Affection is a Facebook group 
that goes along with this here podcast. And those are ways to get connected with me, your host, Russ Shaw, in social media land. As well as the survey page, of course, uh, asi247.org. Click on the survey page. Also wanted to thank a couple of donors for keeping this here podcast alive. Uh, P to the L are the initials of a donor in the Midwestern part of the United States who gave a generous donation. want to thank him for that. Thank you very much. As well as John Cowboy, once again, I wanted to thank this listener for giving seven times as a co-producer. The co-producer, John Cowboy, keeping this podcast going and for, for seven months, which is great, and that is seven, you know, the monthly thing. So, uh, again, much appreciated. And last, I'd like to thank uh, former guest John Gayton, also a co-producer of the ASI podcast, thanking, thanking him for that. This one goes out to you all. And anyone who would like to become a co-producer of the ASI podcast, please go to asi247.org, click on the Give or the Be a Co-Producer link in order to join me in solving some dissonance around love, hate, sex, and pain. ASI247.org. You can still do that. It goes and forwards to my Gmail account. Is Gmail secure? It's fairly secure. It's not super secure? I'll be honest with you, no. Uh, When technology has advanced, all right, and there is ways to confess this, to scratch at that glass a little bit, and I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit today. Uh, I talked about it on the last podcast a little bit, talking about the WhatsApp. See, because I'm willing to take the risk that people who start to confess their secrets feel better. And there's actually some very good evidence about this, scientific evidence. Um, The Bible says in 1 John... Uh, the book of John, right? Where if we confess our sins to one another, God is gracious and he's there to forgive us as our sins, right? There's a lot in the Bible about the confession of sins, how it's good for your soul. And now there's actually scientific evidence of this. Um... Yeah, but this technology, is this really such a good thing, right? Like... When we have secrets or encryption and things aren't exposed in the light for whatever reason, 
Is there a valid fear that comes to mind? Well, here's a news story, and you could come up with your own conclusions on this. I'll throw it out there. This is uh, from YouTube. It's by a channel called Newsy. And uh, here you go. The man who attacked UK's parliament reportedly sent a message on WhatsApp just minutes before the incident. The messaging service, which is owned by Facebook, uses end-to-end -end encryption, so no one can intercept messages. For the company, it's a privacy measure. But there's no backdoor for the company or police to access those messages. British Home Secretary Amber Rudd is urging technology firms to make encrypted data available to police in certain situations. We need to make sure that um, organizations like WhatsApp, and there are plenty of others like that, don't provide a secret place for terrorists to communicate with each other. Finding a balance between law enforcement and privacy has become a big issue in today's digital world. We need to make sure that our intelligence services have the ability to get into situations like encrypted WhatsApp. So as you can see there, yes, it's that encrypted. It's that tough. And there was some other stories I was reading in the news about this uh, terrorist incident there uh, in Europe. It's a horrible thing that happened. And, and yes, this guy, you know, there's some evidence that he used WhatsApp. But again, we get into discussions of vehicles, right? Technology vehicles, and it, it really is on the heart uh, of the person who's using the technology, isn't it? Uh, we have pretty liberal gun laws here in the United States, and that's made some news all over the world, right? And, and, and I get that. Um, here in Washington State, we're a pretty liberal area as far as politics is concerned, but when it comes to guns here in Washington, then Seattle area, man, don't touch our guns. It's it's strange that we have that. But and I've had I've talked to a lot of passengers here in my my Uber and Lyft uh, scenarios here. A lot of people ask me about the gun laws here in Washington State and in the United States, and people are like really some people are really nervous about it. Like they find that really unsettling that. You know, just about anybody can go buy a gun, carry a gun. They, we do do background checks and stuff like that, but there's open concealed carry in our state. So it's not uncommon uh, for you to see, not necessarily in the Seattle area. I live in Everett, which is north of Seattle, and we're not really rural. It's a city. Uh, we're the fourth largest city in the state. But it's not uncommon to go out to Marysville or even here in Everett and see people, you know, at the hardware store or at the big, you know, box store for for hardware or, you know, tools and stuff like that to see guys carrying a gun, a sidearm, all right? Now, using a gun, that's one of the big debates in gun control, and I don't want to debate gun control here, but... It's sort of like that. A gun is sort of like a car or a school bus. A school bus can be used to transport kids. You know, the internet can be used to teach kids, much like a school bus can be used to transport kids. But a school bus can also be used to drive into a school or drive into a crowd of people and, and kill people. There's terrorists that, you know, another terrorist act where a guy didn't use a gun at all. He used a school bus, right? Or not a school bus. He used a bus. He used a large truck in order to take out a bunch of people because this guy's heart 
is evil. So it's more about what's going on in the heart of a person than it is the vehicle uh, in question, isn't it? And what's going on to the listeners in this podcast, my hope and my trust is that what's going to happen is that this vehicle... Here's the deal. Here's another thing about us. And I, you know, my recovery took place... Uh, over 10 years ago so I'm not as sneaky as I was but when I was super sneaky it would not I would it would not have been uncommon for me to use whatsapp so the people that are living a double life already know about this technology this is not I I trust also that the few there'll be a small percentage of people who this technology is actually new to right most folks living a double life know all about the secret areas and the ways to hide. I certainly do. And in this technology age, I'm, I'm telling you uh, that I am willing to converse with you. I am willing to be, hopefully, that person that you feel you can trust and that you can talk to. And listen, those of you who know me, you know I'm not uh, much of a moralist, all right, if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, but I do recognize life-draining and life-choking energies that can diminish our ability to, to just be, to just be ourselves, to just live life in a way that's you know, shedding and shining light and is life-giving. Living a double life for me, energy-wise, was much like holding a beach ball underwater. And it was draining me. And there's this tension and anxiety you kind of constantly live under. And it just, it's, it's heavy. And I've been there. And it reminded me of this song, another classic rock promo from the band The Kinks back in 1981. It felt, uh, felt a little bit like this. Well, I fell asleep, then I woke feeling kind of queer. Lola looked at me and said, Ooh, you look so weird. She said, Man, there's really something wrong with you. One day you're gonna self-destruct. You're up, get down. Yes, paranoia will destroy ya. Anyway, I'm back here uh, in front of the mic at my home instead of in the car. This sounds better, right? Some of you are like, oh, that sounds better. I don't know. Audio files. Anyway, uh, I like recording in the car. Come on. <laughs> this is just 
uh, standing in front of the mic here just feels like home. Anyway, uh, paranoia. I always, you know, I hear that song and then I think about the the psychological kind of thing that was going on at the time like pop psychology you know some things make the news and in the 80s late 70s people talked about paranoia right like that was a thing and it's actually a a psychological diagnosis you know uh ppd it's called i actually looked it up check it out here it is uh Paranoid personality disorder is a mental disorder characterized by paranoia and the pervasive long-standing suspicion and generalized mistrust of others. That's me. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things with all these diagnoses. I have trust issues. You know, I have a hard time letting people in. You know, do I have PPD? Uh, it makes you think, but that was what pop psychology was, was preaching back then, right? Uh, Ozzy Osbourne had the song Paranoid. Black Sabbath came out around uh, that time. And we love our freaking labels, don't we? And this had me thinking about the events of our lives and how we can take some of the ways we're feeling and our reactions to other people socially and then, you know, paste some kind of attach, to use that word, attach a label to it in order to feel resolved in some way. But what if this is just part of the journey? Um. We all have secrets, right? We all deal in the area of privacy to a certain degree in our personal lives, what we let people know about us and what we don't. So we all do have secrets, you know, and I talk about that in this podcast a lot, like having having some friends on the inside, right? Some people that know your behind-the-counter stuff that not the rest of the world knows, right? Um and that's another part of the journey, right, is finding some of those confidants, right? Being the lone wolf, finding a pack. I could do a whole freaking podcast on that topic right there. Maybe that'll be an audiobook in the future. <laughs> lone wolf finds a pack. There's something to that. Because that, again, is a story and a journey. And this is your story. This is what's going on in the realm of secrets. But the longer we keep the secrets, especially the big ones, check this out. This had me thinking about how, yes, we all have our secrets, but we're also like human fermenting barrels. Check this out. This is from Forbes magazine. Keeping secrets can be hazardous to your health by Gina Roberts Gray. Uh, whether it's the racy act from college days, a child's confession that you promise not to share with your spouse, or the revelation of your best friend's affair. By midlife, you're probably carrying around a number of secrets. But whether you realize it or not, they're getting heavier all the time, especially the juicy ones, and they could be threatening your health. Neuroscientists now believe it's biologically better for us to confess our secrets, or better, just refuse to be a party to someone else's, which I thought was great. I almost said that to a friend. Uh, you know, he was being kind of funny and stuff, and, hey, can you keep a secret? And I'm like, no, 
no after reading this article um it's it, anyway uh, i'll continue um the reason holding on to them puts the brain in an awkward compromised position now again my friend's secret i was kidding around but it, the heavier the stuff right a friend who you know the spouse of admits to you an affair or a fling that they had or something like that. Like, that's heavy. That's weighty. You carry shit like that, man. Uh, so, anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. Um, yes, neuroscientists now believe it's biologically better for us to confess our secrets rather than holding on to them. Holding on to them puts the brain in an awkward, compromised position. In the cingulate cortex, essential to our emotional responses, is wired to tell the truth. This logical lobe sig signals other regions of the brain to share information so that it can move on to more important functions, like learning. But when you keep a secret locked inside you... Um, you don't allow the cingulate to perform its natural functions. Instead, the cortex becomes stress. Uh, when you choose to hold on to a secret, your brain's optical frontal cortex stimulates your mind and just how bad sharing the secret will be. The Imagining all the positive negative outcomes. Again, I talked about this in the in the podcast uh, a few podcasts ago about, you know, it's not that we don't know what to do. It's that making a difficult decision is hard. And part of that is is what I believe that this neuroscientist is touching on, too, is that we our brain starts to pop up all these negative. That's fear, right? That's that's fear. Imagining the possible negative outcomes. The prefrontal cortex, imagining all these negative outcomes, um, becomes stressed. Uh, and it is involved in the decision-making of the complex... Uh-oh, battery's going dead on the computer here. Uh, where am I? Going back to... Sorry about that. Blooper. <laughs> just keep that in. I'm just rolling with it. Um if the two regions are at a cross purpose, the end result will become what uh, the scientist calls the complications of an emotional burden. People ask why I'm still a Christian, right? I considers myself that. I would consider myself more of a Jesus follower. And why? Because Jesus Christ is was the freest person who ever lived, right? That's one of the, the many reasons. But the, the freedom of Christ, I mean, he says that in the Bible. Follow me. Those of you who are heavy burdened, right? He says, my burden is, is light. And then he says to pick up a cross, right? But that's part of the journey. There's a journey thing going on here. A pilgrimage, as my friend Seth would say. And hopefully this podcast can be a message of crossroads for you. What do I mean by that? You're coming to a crossroad of, of confession and fear. And the intersection meets at the crossroads of the truth of your being today, right now, in your story.
of scratching at the glass. And that's what I wanted to make myself open to in this podcast. Again, the WhatsApp app is a safe way to communicate with someone like me. And just talking, just saying something, right? Um, having a conversation. I'm, I'm willing to keep your secrets. I don't know you. I don't know where you are in the world. Um, you're anonymous. You having a conversation with me, that's, that's anonymous. All right. And it's, it's encrypted. So again, I, I'm a, I, I'm willing to not carry your burden. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm helping you see a path. I'm not going to bait and switch you here. You're going to need to live in the truth. Living in the truth for me now, not having my secrets spring fly out of the closet, right? It, it, is, it is a way easier road. But yeah, it's going to take a season of of carrying a cross. That's what it feels like going down that road temporarily. I've heard of it, you know, suicide was something I contemplated. And I heard somebody say that suicide is sort of like, it's a long-term solution to a short-term problem. And there is a kind of part of your ego that will have to die. It's something Jesus says too. If you want to live, you have to die. And this is what he's talking about. That alter ego part of yourself that's so trying to survive, that doesn't want the truth out in the light, because that would destroy it. It would rip its clothes off naked in front of the world. That's the ego, right? That's that egotistical part of yourself that has served a purpose for a while, all right? But again, coming to the crossroads, and I'm no therapist, right? I'm no freaking pastor, priest, or psychologist, but I am telling you from personal experience that not just religion, but science also, and I'll post this article on the Facebook page, Heart, Mind, Love, Sex, and Affection, by the way, um, science is showing the truth of that having lighter burdens, that confessing your secrets, that living out in the light, that getting in touch with that, that spirit part of you, that childlike part of you, that spirit to center the essence of who you are, this is getting into the truth of your being. And listen, I'm sure that you've thought of this yourself, the long-drawn negative conclusions of what's going to happen if you actually talk about who you really are. I get that. I get that fear in spades. Because listen, I'm telling you as a guy who sat in front of his wife in a pastor's office and confessed multiple affairs to my wife who I love, who I made suffer for my stubbornness and my own healing for years. And again, I'll bring up the bomb squad analogy. I did this in a pastor's office with other people around to help protect the blast. And part of it is, yeah, my own selfishness. Like I knew that some part of me would react to her reacting and I wanted to take precautions in guarding myself from my own defensiveness in that confession. And I, I, selfishness, you know, just 
scamming your wife and telling her that you're not somebody that you are and suffering through your life while you carry around the secret. That's, that's not you being uh, selfless for her. It's you scamming her. All right. It's you tricking her. It's you pretending that you're someone that you're not with all of your damages, with all of your flaws. You're a human being. Do you really think your kids, for example, are going to learn something from your faking? Right. You don't want to let them down. Don't want them to see your flaws. Your ego stands up and says, man, you're human. And that's what you got to get back into is understanding your humanity. That's another reason I'm a Christian is God coming to earth in human flesh in the muck with the rest of us. He's been there. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to suffer in the ways that we suffer here. Human. You're human. Don't believe the lie that you're somehow being selfless by keeping your secrets because you're not. And for some of you religious people or Christians that are listening, you think you're being selfless by trying to look holy by keeping your secrets. And what you're really doing is you're assuming Jesus's job position, right? You're human. And you've got your damage, and you've got your stuff you need to work through, and you've made your mistakes, and this is what repentance looks like, for real. And I'm not here being Mr. Self-Righteous about that either. I did 40 episodes of this podcast before I revealed the whole truth of my sexual compulsive behavior. You know, I was so selfless, putting that in like air quotes, right, that I didn't even realize the risk of what I put her through until I sat across the doctor's office from her while she was getting an STD test. And am I saying your porn addiction is going to get that bad, man? I No, I'm not. I don't know what your situation is. Maybe it's already that bad. I'm just telling you from experience. I remember... I felt that sitting there with my head in my hands while the doctor was saying, yeah, we're testing for AIDS, hepatitis, but the biggest and most dangerous one that affects sex addicts, sexually compulsive people nowadays, people who are seeing or are prostitutes today is hepatitis. It's the biggest killer. That was a very dark moment in my life. It wasn't fair to her that I waited so long to get help from this stuff, to let my secrets out in the light, to be who I really was with all of my flaws. So again, telling you from personal experience, I remember a quote by Nikki Six, a bass player for Motley Crue, was a heroin addict, and he talked about how the negative energy was so much heavier than the light energy, you know, being just who you are, letting that light out. He said that he kept like he was in this tug of war with his demons, and one day he just let go of the rope right? He just set them free. That's what confession is. And for me, in my story, it took place incrementally. I didn't do it all at once. All right. So that's what I'm doing here. 
through interacting with listeners on WhatsApp. And I'm not an expert and I'm not a therapist, but I am someone who's been there and I have starting to breathe and understand what wholeness looks like. What's wholeness? The truth of your being meeting the way of your being. And that's what we're, that's what's going on here. And I just want to encourage you in that. And I also, being on WhatsApp, again, Russ Shaw, I'm the picture of the bald guy with the microphone in my face. That's me that you will see. This is secure, encrypted way that you can start to scratch at that glass. Because then you start to get into that place of, oh, wow, look, there's light coming through. You see that. And it's refreshing and it's helpful. And listen, the object of this is to walk in freedom, walking in light. And yeah, it'll cost you something. It'll probably cost you your reputation. For some of you, it may cost you your job. You know, there's pastors who, if you talked about what you really believe, listen, living in the light is so much better. Living in the freedom is so much, not being perched on some ideology or denominational statute of what you believe or what you're supposed to believe, whatever it is. Listen, I'll end the show with this. Um, It was a movie. This guy had a tattoo of a bird. I think it was the movie Gold. Anyway, this guy had a... It was just a little snippet in the movie. This guy had a, a tattoo of a bird with its legs were there, but there was no feet. And and his friend asked him, he goes, when are you going to get your tattoo finished? And he says, what do you mean? It is finished. And he says, well, you got a bird there, but the bird doesn't have feet. And he says, a bird that sleeps in the wind doesn't need feet. And that's what the tattoo's about. And I thought that was beautiful. And uh, whoever you are, wherever you are, whether you're a long-time listener, whether you've supported the show, have not supported the show, um, have left a review, didn't leave a review, right? Wh- whoever you are out there in the world, what does freedom look like for you? Because every day, every one day at a time day that you live, you're demonstrating your truth and your freedom to the world what is it going to take for you to really fly to really rest in the wind I love this this is from Matthew chapter 6 verse 26 look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or stow away in barns yet their heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they I pray you understand your value. I pray you realize that you are more loved than you can even fathom. Inside you is that love energy, that Imago Dei built in his image. You carry the Holy Spirit within you. It's just making the choice to open your eyes and awaken to the truth of that. I hope and I pray for the day that you can actually live free without your secrets without your addictions and sleep in the wind love you guys till next time bye